Hey, hey, hey. Wow. Hey. Welcome to another episode of Views from, from Genesla. Genesla. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and we got a special guest in the building. <laughs> we got John. Jonathan Fuegis, okay, art author, <laughs> yes. extraordinaire, prison reform. <laughs> um, so we're just gonna have a great day, great, 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 great day today. Yes, awesome! I'm excited about this. I got my own book. It's gonna, yes, she it's does. going to be signed. It's going to be. It's going to be right. Okay. Bullies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as always, guys, let's start off with a check in real quick. What's going yeah. on, Mo? How was your week? Um, my week was good this week. Um, yeah, not bad. I went to uh, a meeting. I saw an old friend from elementary school. Okay. Um, in my meeting, and it just looked. It, it felt so great to just see um how, where we started and where we're at now, mm-hmm. and that we're both like fighting for the culture, helping mm-hmm. our the youth and our children get raised up together. So it was mm-hmm. a great week. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. My week went well. Um, it was okay. <laughs> it I always funny, have. Right? The, I always have well. an issue. Like my week. My weeks are always crazy. Um, no, but you know what? I had an aha moment. I was so excited because I was like, I, I really want to talk moves. about it on the podcast. Oh, okay. Um, on the show. Uh, so I had an aha moment. So I have been. I am a new entrepreneur. So I have mm-hmm. my business um, since May uh, 12, 2018 whoop, whoop. Um, as a digital uh, media manager. Mm. And <laughs> which I'm, so John doesn't really do, do social, social media, media. So which is like go. hustlers to me. There you go. I threw you on the a, bus. That's a good thing. That's God. That's, that's, like, <laughs> that's God, right? That's God. That's God. <laughs> um, so I, I've been really, really stressed and worried, and like mm. I, it's it's a lot that's happening. Um, and I was listening to, and I posted this on my Instagram, um, on the views from Janessa page. Mm-hmm. It's a video of I want to. I'm going to butcher his name. Oz Osby. Barry and he's singing the song So Will I Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just for the first time listening to the lyrics of that song and it basically talks about you know how um, you know God literally said let there be and there was and if the stars were made to worship so will I if the planet Mm. you know was made to praise you so will I Um, and I finally listened to those songs and as I was TMI in the shower um, (laughs) (laughs) like the the Holy Spirit I guess that's my that's the time where I'm quiet so I guess that's when he talks to me Um, and it was basically every I called you so everything that is assigned to you everything that is not only um, called to create you but everything that's called to sustain you Mm -hmm. is in pursuit of you from the moment that I called you Mm. so all this worry all this stressing that you're doing everything that I everything for you to succeed when I said let there be Sherelle to do this for this particular Mm. purpose from that moment everything that is needed to connect to you everything that's needed to sustain Mm. you is in pursuit of you you just have to pay attention Mm. and I was like God that that just like took off so much weight of Mm. me worrying and stressing am I doing this right or should I take this opportunity Mm. and it's like everything that you need to succeed will find you okay. and it was like you know how isaiah 55 11 that's getting deep a little bit isaiah 55 11 <laughs> uh, i only know it's one of my favorite week. right um ahead. talks about how god's word will never return to him void right mm. and it will prosper in whatever god sent it to mm-hmm. so not only will it be accomplished but i'll prosper in it because god called me so okay. i was like mm. Lord, oh, yeah. thank you for that. Because I was, <laughs> listen, I'm losing, listen, my edges. I was worried I might need some kaleidoscope, you know what I mean? <laughs> some miracle drops. Something, <laughs> something. My edges was going, you know? Um, so that was my, my week. Jesus, Jesus helped the sister out. And John, how yes. was your week? Oh, man. Come on. 
keep it PG. Yeah, <laughs> of course. In case my mom is listening. Uh-huh. Hi, mommy. Hi. <laughs> it was good. Um, well, it's all perspective, right? Yeah, whatever yeah. happened to you. Yeah, no. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Counted all joy, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when you go through trials, I know, like that was one of. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Okay, and endurance come has on. Full work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Come on, Joe. It was hard, man. It was hard week. It was hard week. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, you and Sherelle, y'all here preaching. Y'all had a week. <laughs> yeah, this, 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 uh, the government shutdown almost messed me up. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, man. Some, some business stuff that That's almost true. didn't go through. Yeah. That I didn't it, think was going to affect me. Yeah, and I was like, wow. see? Get the lawyer on the phone. Oh, wow. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reopening now for the three weeks. Well, for like three weeks, yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, they're saying, would that help? Yeah. Well, yeah. um, no, everything's fine now. Okay. Yeah, okay. there was some workarounds with some some stuff going on. But I'm thankful. Yeah. I'm thankful. <laughs> but it's it, it forces you to remember that God is in control. It does. Absolutely. It does. And that everything on this earth is temporal. Yeah. So if things don't go accordingly, it's because everything is father filtered, um. you know? God allows everything to happen the way, the way it goes. I'm sounding real on the same page. Right now. Of course, man. <laughs> y'all, y'all sounding real on the same page. 2019 has to be a year of focus. Mm, it has to be a year I of focus. Agree. You know, 2018 yeah, was a tough year. A yeah. year f- for a lot us where we are right now. Mm-hmm. A year of grief. Yeah. Um, you know, Ecclesiastes says that you know a sad face is good for the heart. So it's funny how death can make life clear. Mm-hmm. When you lose people clarity. close to you, you start yeah. to get clarity on what really matters. In 2019, I'm like, you know what? There's certain conversations I'm not having. Mm, okay. certain things we're not entertaining. This has to be a year of execution and focus. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Fearless. That's it. Go hard. We on Fearless. it. Go hard, go we on it. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. All right. So look, the Lord was at work. <laughs> the Lord was yeah. at work. Okay. <laughs> and we actually paid attention to it this week. Let's just say that. Because mm. he's always, at, always work. at work. It's just that we yeah. just don't pay attention. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. So um, here we go with cuts from the culture. culture, culture. What's been happening? Like we, uh, Monique and I have been <laughs> DMing each other and yes. texting each other all the craziness that has all been the going funny down. Stuff that just, uh. The funny thing. So we follow uh, L'Union Suite, right? Okay. I think every Haitian really follows them okay. um if you're on social media john doesn't you, I'm like, okay i'm, like, I'm just gonna nod my head not even, like I, so not even facebook i mean i'm, I'm on it he on it it's just, I just not check yeah. I, they call me and let me that's know what's good. going on when that's i talk good. to certain people i think it's good it's a way to guard your heart it is yes because okay. you get exposed to a yes, lot that do. can really yes, derail you I think that and i like i have the spiritual gift of wandering so i come i hear a sermon and then i like in a moment i'm like jesus bring me back <laughs> so if I'm on social, I'm yeah, done. Yeah, I'm following yeah, all yeah. the wrong people. I'm, yeah, yeah. I saw a meme that said it. Like, have you ever started praying and then you wander and came back? Like, I'm so sorry, God. Where <laughs> Yo, was I? Like, um, you <laughs> were talking about this. God seriously, like, uh, bring seriously. it back. Hello? Bring it back. <laughs> So. No, um, okay, well, on Union Suite, they, they posted a, a video about a, a young man who I p- guess previously had dreads in his or hair braids or braids or something, or and go. he decided to cut it off. Yes. And so he came to his uh, his grandmother was I it? Saw that. Uh, mom, I don't know. I you saw did see somebody it? said it yes. to me. Oh, so he goes to his uh, his uh, <laughs> grandmother. Yo, you gotta hear her. You and gotta hear her. he goes to the uh, the grandmother and, and they're recording her reaction. They're recording her record reaction. It. You have to show it. Um, <laughs> let me see if I could. So at first he has the hat on. She doesn't really see. Yeah, she ain't noticed. He kisses her and you know salute her. So he takes the hat off. Punela, she sees. Oh, 
Basically, yeah. her reaction, like she's in full tears, like oh. crying hysterically, thanking God because he cut it's his beyond. I don't know hair. why. I thought that what was my grandma. Yeah, that's <laughs> but that's like, all of our yeah. yeah. So I'm like, what is it with hair though? But you know what? I think it's in uh, pertaining to the subject that we're going to talk about today a little bit. Um, it's just the stigma around having those hairstyles, and so okay. I guess to their understanding, it's like if you see that hairstyle, it's you're a, a vagabond or you know mm-hmm. uh, or you know what mm-hmm. i mean or they think even with the climate that we're in with p- police you know you're gonna get profiled and things like that so they think that but i'm like more clean that cut for, i feel like they've been like that all the time but yeah, yeah because it's haiti always been or that here i here i don't know if in haiti they really had that hairstyle back then yeah i mean well like the braids and the no but i'm saying was it do they have a problem with it I think here because then you so okay so, so like this is kind of getting a little deep because <laughs> Haitians have the understanding that there's a difference between Haitians and Black Americans mm. so there goes that thing right mm-hmm. and, and then there's the <laughs> we don't want you to be associated mm. with the negative connotations of Black Americans right. so th- that I think that's where that comes in and so okay. when they see the hairstyle they're like oh please cut it off please don't mm. you know because okay. we don't want you to be associated with sure. the bad okay. thing I right. think that's pretty much what, what it is. is but it's just hilarious that literally we all were like okay that's my grandma they got like a culture book and everybody read it and everybody learned <laughs> it. Like, it gotta be something like that's that. why Thanks. um um you know uh what is it the haitian husband uh they're not haitian husbands anymore or, or success junior yeah. why he's so big uh, is because literally right. we all identify with the same like, thing with the same character the same mom it's absolutely. crazy absolutely. um i guess the next piece is from kev on stage <laughs> and so i've heard about this guy on 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 facebook first actually this okay. cussing pa- uh pastor oh, i'll preface preface stuff. this by saying right okay. god don't need no help he don't need a, a bodyguard <laughs> he don't need nobody to fight for him mm-hmm. he don't need nobody to go hard for him sure. however mm-hmm. if you ever want to get me mad mm-hmm. if you ever want to get me like blood boiling mm-hmm. i think that you should mock or attack god in any way it Mm. That's a surefire way to get, to get me like zero riled up zero to one hundred. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like it. I I don't, and I, I'm I'm trying to learn patience and filter mm-hmm. with people, mm-hmm. but I just can't. Mm. You know what I mean? So can, when I see this can. cussing pastor, I'm like, mm. I'm getting like, <laughs> I'm getting revved up. You right. know what I mean? Right, I can't right, right. because it doesn't make sense. Right, right. There's right. no such thing mm. as a cussing pastor. Right. You know what I mean? Like it just the two don't mix. Right. You know, um, and he made it worse because the video is so he had a uh, I don't even want to say this because you know a, a dance on a Sunday, a, a, a negative dancing on a Sunday at mm-hmm. his uh, at the gymnasium of the church. Like the church has like a, a, a gym, whatever, mm-hmm. and on Sundays they have a dance party mm-hmm. with music like loop bass type music. You know what I mean? That type. <laughs> yeah, I know what I mean. <laughs> like luke in the in the in the uh who else has these type of songs um i'm gonna I'm I'm plead the fifth on this one. yeah i don't know and i don't know i don't know what type of music i'm talking about I like, with it. I'm yes there we go yeah I, I, I don't know what this okay is. <laughs> 
but he's <laughs> and he's playing this type of music and i'm like it gets people confused okay. about the gospel yeah. mm, it gets true. people i get like he's trying to yeah. bring in a certain type of crowd but at the same time, I'm like, you're totally confusing them because then you make it seem like it's okay to still live, like to still to not, like, want transform. to live in sin, in sin yeah. basically, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And not renew your mind, right? right. You we still, like I can go to church on Sunday, but I could still do this. I could right. still yeah. twerk. Right. No, right. that's not okay. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so that was that. Any thoughts on that, guys? No? <laughs> no thoughts on that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, the last one. <laughs> oh, you were okay. Go. Yeah, uh, I think that's been a challenge for a, a minute. Uh, as we start to mature, and we want to become mature believers, we live in a culture that's very enticing. Mm. And if we if we're not discipled the right way, yeah, we either walk away from Jesus, mm -hmm. or we become super indoctrinated, super churchy, mm -hmm. and we are like the Pharisees in a way. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of pastors, they, they recognize that struggle yeah. and it's their attempt to try to hold on to the youth. And it's, it sometimes it's like a fine line between wisdom and compromise. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they make mistakes. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's one of the hardest struggles for youth pastors to really hold on to this generation. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it, it's, it's tough. It's really tough to okay. do that. That's why I'm yeah. raising my kids in Haiti. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's a valid. Line. I, I don't know about that, but you know, <laughs> I understand what he's saying. Yeah, Saudi I Arabia, totally get it. Saudi Arabia, <laughs> just somewhere else. Uh, somewhere Dubai. else. Dubai, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, the last one um is from Blavity. And it's basically um, for, uh, excuse me, let me just read the title. It's Strip Search of Four Black Girls Ooh, by yeah, Middle School yeah, Officials Draws that. Outrage from Parents, Community Members in Upstate New York. What was the story? What's the backstory? So apparently uh, the girls were acting giddy. You know how black girls, like, they're just laughing and being very silly and giddy, right? All four of them, they're friends. Okay. And I guess the school officials thought that they had drugs on them. From how they were acting. From how they were acting, being mm. giddy. And so they strip searched them. And there's a, there's a, a graphic, not, not showing their actual bodies, but just like a cartoon outlook mm -hmm. of what the strip search looked like. So one of the girls literally was in a bra and panty. Two of the girls were in a bra and a, in their pants. And the last girl refused to take her clothes off yeah. and she got in school suspension. Mm. And so, I've yes, <laughs> you should see Josh's <laughs> face. Like, just, Seriously? yeah. I, in, I did see In New York, article. mind you. I mean, wow. I didn't, I'm not shocked wow. about that. I've heard some things with New York. So like, and I'm just wow. shocked in 2019 because this this year right. um, in wow. New York that this happened to these four black girls. Right. And it's just obviously caused an outrage. Mm -hmm. Obviously. Um, but that I, I can't even fathom hearing that my daughter yeah, is saying something. My daughter something. had to strip. And where are they doing this strip search? Like right. what? At, in the school. Yeah. Who's wow. who's doing who's it? Doing Why are we in the school? And like, what? In what? frame of mind would you ever think that it's okay right. for middle school girls to be strip searched wow. without their parents parent called you know like what i mean so many other there yeah options that could have been taken so many others it, it, it's scary it's scary it's right. scary to live in this climate as a black person right yeah period absolutely. Mm -hmm. period um it, it's crazy um i i do before because I, maybe I should have saved this one before we jumped into our topic um, but the last one is the um, 
and I don't have the full details on this, is the ruling of uh, the abortion ruling where mm. um, you can terminate up, up to, to I think it wasn't full up term? to full term now, yeah. now right? Mm -hmm. And in New York, in New York, okay. again, I'm not understanding because and then there were several doctors that came out and said, basically, there is no medical reason that you would ever terminate or abort a full term baby there's no at that point mm -hmm. there's no danger that the mom could be in that mm -hmm. you would have to terminate the life of the child mm -hmm. like if anything you take the child out mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so that ruling went went off this week, this week. i believe I saw a lot of people protesting about it and the petitions and everything yeah. going yeah. on right now for it mm -hmm. I, I just don't understand that mindset what who, the thought behind it you know what i mean i'm not understanding petitions in favor or against it against against it, got it. yeah right. because the, it was already passed it's passed right yeah. so yeah it's wow. got it yeah and it's like we're saying human rights but we're not considering the rights of the child at right this point. right we're saying the mom rights it's like who's fighting on behalf of the rights of the child right because right. that's the, the child's viable you know at what i mean point, like it's a full-term right. full-term child you know um, yes, crazy world that we live in. Um, so, Mo, what are we talking about today? What's so, topic? our topic right now, let's get into it, which kind of, it was a good segue, um, moving on from Sherelle talking about the four girls. Um, we're just talking about Martin Luther King and his legacy um, today. And, you know, some of us had Monday off. Some of us didn't. <laughs> um, my sister actually got on me because she was saying, you know, it's this weekend. I really feel like us as a people, we should be doing something on this weekend, whether it's with our families, yeah. whatever it may be, um, just to celebrate his legacy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought just before, as we wrap up January, his birthday, as well as um, the day that um, our country celebrates him, that we just discuss him as well yeah. as being people of color. Now, we discuss him and his legacy and his vision mm -hmm. um, that he had. So I thought that we would start off with just discussing what's one thing or multiple things that stood out to you the most about um, Martin Luther King. So feel free, the one of you guys, to jump in. What stood out the most about him? Um, I just think his, his peace approach um, mm -hmm. is not always favored. <laughs> Right. Because sometimes nice. you kind of need to be a little rowdy. You know what I mean? Um, but for the most part, I think he tried to go about it a peaceful way and try to get things done um, in a civil manner. Um, and he did. And it, it worked. It worked a bit. Um, I do think that he definitely still needed the Malcolm mm -hmm. uh, uh, side of things to really push things along. You know, <laughs> made, you, really, made you prefer Martin right, when exactly. you got Malcolm. You know what I mean? It was like either you want to deal with that or you, you could listen out to me uh -huh. so i think it it balanced well other, yeah. um yeah so that's pretty much my my take you i'll again in the spirit of transparency uh -huh. um you, I speak know. your truth hey, no, speak your no, truth. no be honest no it's not y'all expecting me <laughs> keep it a buck y'all expecting me to be the bad guy here no, no. if we say no, that's not you no. saying you being a oh hey, you're safe God. you're safe I, okay this is a safe I'm place. like i felt attacked for a minute oh, um sorry. no but there's only 500 people listening to <laughs> listen it's a lot um it, it's uh <laughs> it's um so with martin luther king honestly yeah aside from learning about him in school yeah that's really my my scope. whole scope of him mm -hmm. um and that's sad to say i know i should do better mm -hmm. um but i i don't feel like i'm alone i feel like there's a lot of people that are that mm -hmm. way alone. um but i definitely think that that's one of the figures we should read up on mm -hmm. um yeah 
That's love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. John. <laughs> uh, Dr. King, man, yeah. he was a, a spiritual giant. <laughs> so talk about it. Spiritual giant. I mean, uh, I think one of the things that I loved about Dr. King was his willingness to admit when he made a mistake. Okay. When you have people like him who have so much virtue, yeah. you think it's unattainable. Yeah. But um, he actually did an interview in 1967. He got killed in 1968. Mm-hmm. So he did an interview in 1967. His I, his I Have a Dream speech was in 63. 63, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So four years later, mm-hmm. he said that the dream that he once had has turned into a nightmare. Wow. So he said that in an interview. Mm-hmm. And okay. his, uh, his optimism was superficial mm-hmm. when you have a leader who says something like that yeah who you know one thing that you respect about strong leaders is that they hold on to their positions yeah when somebody like him says something like that mm-hmm. it's because he's hit with the reality that malcolm x tells you mm-hmm. <laughs> exists malcolm x said either we're gonna need a a black party mm-hmm. or a black army yeah. mm-hmm. that's because we have to really ask ourselves the question was integration a value mm. that we should have pursued and yeah. i think dr king was looking really long and hard yeah. at how to hold on to his integrity yeah. as it relates to nonviolence, mm-hmm. but also the best interests of black people in this country mm-hmm. that and we're still wrestling with that until yeah, this day and yeah. i personally um i don't think it's going to be a kumbaya ending it's not going to be a disney movie yeah. and behind racism and the legacy of racism yeah we have to remember that they're spiritual forces mm-hmm. principalities yeah, rulers absolutely. you know ephesians 6 12 so we have to ground it in yeah. spiritual truth yeah. but then also look at the human factor mm-hmm. of how to secure this the safety of black bodies mm-hmm. right? With, right. These, with these black girls my daughter my niece hmm. y'all i'm <laughs> i'm should. i'm up there right now yeah. you know so uh, I love what Dr. King did because he forced us to think deeply as a people. Yeah, and and he showed us what integrity looked like. Yeah, so That's love awesome. him definitely. Um, his I have a dream speech really 1963. I think that's what stood out to me, um, in that you can make a decision without it coming from. He had said in his speech, "Let's um, move from injustice to brotherhood, and not by wrongful deeds." That's that is taken in by the cup of bitterness or hatred. Mm. And to mm-hmm. me, I think that's what stood out the most. Even when I was watching Selma mm. and when I'm I'm looking at what they endured. Right. And I'm saying, whoa, I don't I don't know how they did this. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand mm-hmm. how they were able to sit through this. Even when I watched a movie about um Ruby Bridges yeah. and she was Five, yeah. you know, and I'm and and I'm looking what looking at what they endured, and it's mm-hmm. just like so crazy to me that I think a lot of times we would equate some things like, well, I ain't Jesus, so that's why I can't <laughs> I can't do that. Like right. I really equate some of the things they went through. Like, wow, that I don't know how you did mm-hmm. that. <laughs> right. I don't know. And I, I I saw a post this week. It was from Sean King, mm-hmm. and he had said mm-hmm. it like, um, I want you guys to realize Martin was really human, mm-hmm. like you guys really understand he's human right. and he really was like able to do these type of things and, right. and he was human. So, you know, that what's really stood out to me, you know, just a lot about him. Um, and That's just awesome. that, you know, he didn't, he understood the foundation of our country and he didn't want it to continue. Like, I don't want it to be pushed to being known by a color mm-hmm. and, right. and, and that instead you're, you're known by your character instead of it being pushed by a color. Yeah, so that was great. That was a huge thing for me. But is that a a reality that you think that would ever happen, though? I mean, thinking 
in human like when yeah. i see you yeah i do see your color and i hate when people say that they don't see color like yeah. seriously <laughs> who are you lying to right. but but okay so my thing is i also think about where did where we taught color you know what i mean like right. am i taught color or if yeah. am i taught if, if i would have been raised up and taught like ethnic backgrounds you know mm, what i mean okay. like do mm-hmm. i see this person and say oh this person is puerto rican right, this person right, is dominican right, right, right. It's like, that's different right. i'm not i'm right. you know what i mean yeah. versus i i see black, I see black or, or right. white you know right. what i mean and, yep. I, and i still find that funny when we're filling out things and it's black mm-hmm. white, I, yeah. hispanic this, then you go I, into I, ethnic i, I sometimes ethnicity. secretly put yeah, other right, right. I, 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 I put, put other, other sometimes too because i'm just like it's you're trying to group it yeah. so it's easily identifiable, yep. right? You know, instead of this is I'm 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 Haitian. This person's Jamaican. This we're we're all different right. ethnicities, you right. know. So, so that's a that's, that's a great, thing for me point. that I'm like, if you raising up, if you raised us up this way, right. I think it would be we wouldn't be saying black and white. You, oh, that person's Guyanese. Right. Oh, this person is Jamaican. Right, right, right. That would require everyone to be a, a level of intellectual um, stability to even recognize <laughs> you're from this country, you're from this country. People still really think that America is like it. And it's like, mm. no, you you really, there are countries, yeah. there are other continents, you know, like <laughs> right. there, you yeah. got to step outside. Like you see black people here, but like, it's not the same when you right. go somewhere else. It's yeah. different, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. That's great. Do you think that you grew Go ahead. Of course. You, have you heard of uh, this guy named Ta-Nehisi Coates? No. Yes, I have. He wrote a book called Between the World and Me. Mm-hmm. So he's a black author. And yeah. he said, one line in the book, he said, race is a child of racism. Mm-hmm. The reason why you know about race is because of racism. Mm-hmm. So like what you said, mm-hmm. um, race gets introduced like in the 1400s. White people were not white. They exactly. were French or they, Dutch, Dutch or Irish, Irish. or Italian yeah. or yes, German. Absolutely. And once you bring slaves over in 1619, we have to distinguish these people. Exactly. And that's when you see black. And then that's when those, you know, ethnicities yeah. collectively get called Disappear. white people. Yep. Wow. So that's when you start to see. So whenever you see somebody who is of a different race, mm-hmm. they say black. And that's and that's the conditioning, yeah, the yeah, conditioning yeah. that happens. So um, I, I wrote a blog about colorism. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have. And... White people, I, I, was, <laughs> I love my white brothers and sisters. <laughs> but they always, they, they uh, oftentimes, I mean, not all, of course, because you don't want to generalize. You don't. Yeah. Um, but there is a, a a group that believes in aspiring to be colorblind. Yeah. And when you're colorblind, you're saying you don't see me. Right. So yeah, I, I no exactly. longer see my, my difference. And also, considering the legacy of racial hatred, yeah. to be colorblind is to refuse to acknowledge the history of violence exactly. against the people like, like me, right? The right, no. the one in three black boys set to go to jail or prison. Yeah. Yeah. The two point three million people in prison, black men make up six percent of the American population, forty percent of the prison population. Wow. You know, so when you see these statistics, you know, we have to definitely take a closer look. The 2014, two black men, two black men, women, or children killed every week. Wow. Right? So you're just going to be like, oh, I don't see color. I don't see right. color. Like, all right, fam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's personal, so yeah. this personal yeah. um, sin, but then there's structural sin. Absolutely. So for my white Christians, they're like, I'm a good person. I love Jesus and we're going to worship together and I like Hillsong and you know, Kirk <laughs> Franklin. <laughs> well, there's structural sin that we all have to acknowledge and uh, yeah. that, that that takes a level of sophistication, mm-hmm. which is what you alluded but I, to. But I think it was I think it was culturally acceptable to say, I don't see color. I think right. it was like a, a thing to say, yeah. I don't identify with when, when, there's, when others see you this mm-hmm. way or treat you this way. I don't. I see, I guess it's to say, I see you as a human 
and mm-hmm. I see you as a person. I don't see color because I think we've we've it's been taught or something that it for you to be different. I can't accept you for your difference, right? right. You know, right. and and ethnicity is is just like we have like sometimes in school they'll say, oh, bring food or bring this. Mm-hmm. It's celebrating our differences more Absolutely. than just food that makes us different, right? You know, right. but it's it's the celebration of differences, and I think that's one of the things that I had liked about college because it opened up my eyes to different people experiences Mm -hmm. and different people things that made me question even my own and made me question my perspective and opened my eyes to a whole nother world that I didn't know about prior. Absolutely. You know, so I think that was huge. Um, Well, Sherelle saying something which is really huge, um, which which is true that even us as a people, so much we don't know Mm -hmm. um, that I think that we can't move forward if we don't understand or know how we got to the present. You know, so I think it's a big deal as us as people just to, and just to move forward as a legacy or as building, Mm -hmm. um, that we understand how did we get here? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what, what brought us here? You know what I mean? Go ahead. You ready? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, here we go. Um, so the city of Chicago actually yeah. just passed a law that requ- that uh, requires, um, I want to say, all of their schools mm-hmm. to have um, black history yeah. courses. So that's you have to have that in wow. school now. So it's not just American history, which obviously we all know has been whitewashed. Yeah. Um, it's black history. Wow. And I, I so I'm not sure what the curriculum is, but I'm interested to know if they start with slavery <laughs> okay. or if they actually start with our real history. You know what I mean? Because people, Go you know, ahead. when they talk about black history, they start in slavery. I'm like, we were a whole people before that. And even after, you know, even right. after, you know, there's, there's, I, I only learned this area. Right, right, right. Why am I not learning all these other, yeah. all these other people, yeah. all these other, you know what I mean? And not to even, I'm not downplaying Martin Luther King, but it's kind of like we learn him because I feel like that's your safety. Yeah, that's your safety. That yeah. you want me to know this, right. but you're not going to teach me right. everybody else. Right. else. You know, yeah. that's Absolutely. not something that you desire people yeah. of color to know. So yeah. it's just like why am i not learning these things that i would be empowered yeah yeah it's like how with Mm -hmm. the haitian uh uh uh, first free uh black republic Mm -hmm. that wasn't a known thing until we really started like hey by the way guys you know what i mean we're the whole reason why we kick this thing off for everyone you know what i mean it wasn't a thing and kids still like to this day they're learning about it literally through instagram Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we're saying stuff about it. They're not. It's not taught. So I'm really interested to see what the curriculum is for for all these right um, yeah. schools. Yeah, you were gonna say. I mean, so much. <laughs> <laughs> Go take isn't it, isn't it crazy? Um, there's a book, The New Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you familiar with the book? I've heard about. It came it. out in like 2006, right? Yeah. But people don't know until the 13th documentary comes out. Mm. The power of media. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. fact that we don't. Literacy is not yeah. as valued, yeah, and we true. we busy, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. people are distracted. Yeah. So I think that's it's twofold. Survive, so yeah. what you're doing with yeah. digital media, we yeah. need that to 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 keep going. Mm-hmm. But we also need literacy because yeah. the power of the mind is so important. You know, a, a, a changed world comes with educated children because yeah. they have the they have the why not? Right. Yeah. Why can't we change it? Mm-hmm. Right? Why not? They're yeah. not like cynical because they yeah. haven't really faced the tough realities. Like social change comes from the young people who are like. Why can't we change the law? Yeah. Right. I think so we're going to collectively gather folks to go do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's funny how we have to fight in court for what 
other people get automatically. Mm. Why do we have to fight for? Why we? Why we need legislation for Black History? <laughs> That's, 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 that's a valid question that's crazy like why are we fighting that's a valid question so that, that's <laughs> why okay so that's why I want to start from the be, the past to understand the present where we're at got it okay you know because and, and, and that's why I feel like we, we, we don't see it so we, we came over obviously involuntarily um and we're started immigrants immigrants <laughs> we, <laughs> we, okay. shout, right, out, we, shout out to Ben Carson we 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 started <laughs> our, our we started the the beginning of our our country by the murdering of native americans right, right. um and still. still and um and then you know forced into slavery and forced into the knowledge of being three-fifths of human mm. right. and after you know slavery came civil war mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and slavery being abolished which led to black codes mm. and the jim crow laws right. right and what the black codes and jim crow law was to control labor mm -hmm. and the behavior of former slaves and african-americans to keep white supremacy right, right. so this is right. this is how we're starting to see how we went from slavery to today mm -hmm. so right. now okay slavery is abolished but let's now take over law so we can kind of keep who's superior and who's inferior mm -hmm. right. so examples of some black codes just so we're aware of, you couldn't be taught to read or write right so mm -hmm. now all right we can keep you inferior because you don't know how to read or write mm -hmm. um you couldn't assemble a uh, uh, people of color cannot assemble at all without a white person present mm -hmm. um every state have their own additional laws right. you know th that they had um but i'll have one for example louisiana was like you couldn't preach to a congregation without permission in writing from a president of a police jury. Mm. If not, you would face charges for this. So all of these things you can see very much embedded into our history as to understanding how we're fighting mm -hmm. still to this day right. for um, just equal rights. Mm -hmm. um, so then the law birthed the civil rights movement. Right. right. You know, so we're fighting for equal equal rights, which to this day, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's trying for um, to close the pay gap, mm -hmm. it's all mm -hmm. of us fighting on um, for these basic rights that is afforded to others mm -hmm. uh, very easily. So presently, like how how presently. Um, how, where we are presently, I'm going to say we're going to explore one thing. Well, not one thing, multiple things of where we are mm -hmm. presently. Uh, mass incarceration is one way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Racial profiling, police brutality, right. ra um, presumption of guilt, implicit uh, bias, redlining, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, racist jokes. The list goes on. So this is right. how we continually keep it going yeah. and how we get to where we are so absolutely that, so i just wanted to do a little segue so you guys That's try to great. understand where we right. came from to how we are where we are right now right so you can uh, that's amazing okay. that's Go ahead, John. You have some things to say because John, I, 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 Monique was telling me that you do a lot with like prison, uh, the, uh, uh, the those who are in prison right now, mm -hmm. um, that you go and speak to them and things like that. So tell us a little bit and more mentoring about mentoring as yeah. well. Yeah. So the last uh, two years or so, mm -hmm. I've been working in um, Northern State Prison. Okay. There's a life coaching class that started uh, as part of Prison Fellowship, mm -hmm. a, a ministry started by. Uh, uh, political official who was incarcerated okay. so he got in prison and was <laughs> he got locked up and was like I still know some people yeah, okay. so he started prison fellowship and he became a Christian and then he started this ministry so I, oh, I wow. did that and um, just go in there and you just look at the yard you look at 
the the population in the, in the class, and it's like it's all black men. Wow, it's all black men. So it's just a reminder of the legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so and just for my personal story, when I by the time I was 15 years old, I knew guys who were serving 60 to 70 years in prison collectively. 15 guys sitting on my porch, like mm-hmm. the house that we lived in, mm-hmm. who came to church with us, <laughs> me and my mm-hmm. parents, ended up in prison, and you know at you know, speaking to the power of media, seeing Malcolm X, mm-hmm. Channel Nine, right. you know, um, reading Race Matters by Cornell West, mm-hmm. you're just seeing the connection between the two. Yeah. And then you're looking at, you know, black men in chains in front of a white judge, right. and then you're watching Eyewitness News yeah. mm-hmm. and seeing people you know in orange suits in front of a white judge. Yeah. So for me, those issues just uh, kept resonating. Mm-hmm. But then, um, so that's just from the social position then from the spiritual standpoint matthew 25 jesus says whatsoever you do to the least of my people that you're doing to me when i was hungry you gave me something to eat when i was thirsty when i needed clothes when i was in prison you visited me so for me i said that was what you know at at 13 14 15 years old i said it planted some seeds so you know in my 30s i'm like you know what i'm going to organize my life to serve this cause um so what you just did was amazing to show from 16 19 Mm -hmm. you got 200 40 plus years of slavery, the, the, you know, the rape, the the murder, the Mm -hmm. traumatic events. Slavery was the molestation of a nation. Absolutely. Right. Followed by, you know, decades of Jim Crow Crow. lynching. It's it's funny. We talk about other nationalities and their atrocities and their Mm -hmm. Holocaust. Yeah. Never forget is what you hear in certain yeah. terms, yeah. but when it when it comes to us, slavery is like it's, well, you it's won't forget slavery. Yeah. Doctor King, yeah, <laughs> and you it. ask him how many black people got lynched after slavery. <laughs> Most people couldn't even tell yeah. you. It was about forty seven hundred people, wow. about thirty five hundred black men, women, and children lynched. Yeah. Somebody knocked on your door, came in came in the house, and right. lynched you. So um, those realities still exist, um, unfortunately. So I think that uh, there's and there's a book. That if, if anybody wants to know, there's so many books on black so many, yeah. culture, but if there's one book that you're going to pick up to understand the condition of the African-American community, of black people in general, mm. is post-traumatic slave syndrome. Yes. Mm. Post-traumatic slave syndrome, which yes. talks about the condition of trauma mm-hmm. as a result of slavery, mm-hmm. as a result of Jim Crow, as a result of mass incarceration. And yeah. I feel as though that even, I haven't even finished... I've, I haven't finished. Um, I've been listening to it because John recommended it to me as well because I work um, with with a, um, people of color, children of color. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel as though if you are ever to work or you, this should be a mandatory training mm-hmm. because I feel like you can't walk into a chapter of people and not understand how people got to this place mm. because you won't know how to navigate. Mm-hmm. You won't know what to do. The right. problem is like, whoa, you know, what's wrong with you? Why are you like this? You know, when without you understanding. So I think it's just so very important that this is something that should should be a training. It should be like something that is even with these four girls that's getting stripped. Strip, like this is something that mm-hmm. should should something we should be. I, I feel like being trained in before you are even working in that population. You don't have an understanding of the population that you're working with. I love it. Yeah, I you love know? it. Can Crazy. you please? Can you please do not lose that fight? <laughs> so no, it's true. <laughs> right it's now, just... what's going on is like you're seeing that. Uh, Women of color, in, in particular, are having more power than yeah. ever before. Yeah. So when people who are oppressed come into power, they reevaluate the narrative. Absolutely. And that's what's happening in Hollywood in particular. Mm-hmm. So when you say something should happen, that's a moral imperative. Mm-hmm. Why don't our institutions have sympathy and compassion for the black people in this country? Yeah. You know, there's been a, 
uh, the people in power said it's not that important, mm -hmm. and they would label you right, and that's right. the first genocides usually start with dehumanization. Yeah, these super predators. Yeah, you know these mutts, these immigrants, these these savages, these, savages, yeah. these rapes, and once you can do that, it makes it easy to get rid of them, yeah. and you give the leaders your your power. Mm -hmm. So I think you need to fight to say, yeah, post traumatic slave syndrome is real. Black people still have uh, not just judicial economic implications but emotional and yes. psychological, psychological. Yeah, when we talk about huge. stress factors like if somebody gets married somebody starts a job somebody graduates college mm -hmm. there's a certain stress factor you move you move to a new house right. yeah. we get pulled over by the cops yeah do the stress do the stress scale on us and see yeah. how we feel when you know I, I walk into corporate america it's predominantly white huh. i'm not just a senior financial planner i'm a black man in corporate america yeah. i gotta compensate for your fear yeah. When you get on the elevator, you clutch your you clutch your purse, and I gotta go. It's okay. It's okay. I clutch Hi. my purse. <laughs> Not for black people. I just clutch my purse on the regular. I feel you. I feel people. you in general. If you Listen. from the you <laughs> post traumatic, general, post traumatic. I'm just saying post traumatic. So um, well, you know, speaking about you know how how we feel when we get pulled over. We recently last week had last an incident week. with one of our mentees yeah. who, unfortunately, you know, in just in his errors, new driver went down the wrong way and oh, got right. pulled over. And immediately, my heart starts racing, yeah, right? And I call um, one of our male um, mentors, mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, the kid just got pulled over. You have to go to him now, like you I'm know. I'm in my car and, running and screaming, and like, I pull over, and then Monique's like, "Did you see?" And I'm like, "Yes." And we we both are thinking oh, the exact yeah. same thing. So, and I pull uh, as I'm leaving, and I'm like, "Wait a minute! I just sent another black man in the middle of the situation. I gotta go." So I pull. And I turned to go where where the where they stopped the young man at, right. yeah. and then Monique pulls up to me too. She's like, "I have to be here too because." <laughs> so we literally are all there right. just to, you know what I mean, to be witnesses, just to, to protect. protect them, you know, too. God forbid, if anything, yeah. you know what I mean. It's dark. It's late. You right. know what I mean. So we're all there, like yeah. praying, like, okay, right. this gotta go smooth. He has to go home. You know, he right. yeah, he can't not go home. Absolutely. You know what I mean. Yeah. He's still in our care technically, so yeah. he can't not go home. So sure. that fear, like it, it's. It's, I, it's unexplainable. And, and, and wow. it's crazy because you it, it really is something that is passed down and learned. Because I remember I had to be 10 years old. And, and I was 10 years old in a car with my sister. And we're driving through Cedar Grove. And every person in my mm. family has been pulled over in Cedar Grove. To the point that my dad at one point that with racial profiling was pulled over, obviously. Um, they asked him for his things. Everything checked out. He gave it back to said, just next time, don't drive through my through my town with that ugly car and it's just like what so what did you pull me over for you know it's just right. like what i don't understand i was with my dad my sister i was in the car 10 years old i don't know these things yet right you know so i'm like kind of playing around in the seat and she's like stay still and the the partner of the cop is flashing the light and watching me the whole time while the other cop is running everything and i'm like well why is he all in the window mm -hmm. like this yeah. confused as a child yeah. you know and, mm. and she's like just don't and i can see a fear in her that yeah. i'm like what is going on and she's like don't move yeah. you know just stay still and i'm just like okay yeah. <laughs> you know i don't i don't understand what's happening so it's just how do you you measure that all through your life you're seeing mm -hmm. these type of things and even with social media i think about that with with being traumatized what we're seeing over and over, over and over and over these killings and all these different yeah. things you know i think about like how traumatic that is yeah. mm -hmm. for you to see right up, you know yeah, very traumatic. Um, it's, then it goes lends to desensitizing because when it yeah. like mm -hmm. we keep hearing the stories to the point where now literally it's a trend, and then the next day we're on to the next mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. the we don't value the life, and it's like almost like the fight has become um, 
commercialized, I, I, I guess is the word, mm-hmm. um, where we're fighting for equal rights. We're fighting for, you know, just to be validated as human. Yeah. But it's kind of like commercialized. Like it's the thing to, to do. do now. Yeah. It's just, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's a it's a popular hashtag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like Absolutely. my life is depending on this. And on you're talking this. about a hashtag, I you know, so. that's why. Oh, I can't wait. So next week with our with our teams, we're going to be watching the hate you give. Yeah. Um, and I and I recently watched it. And, and this is an issue that's addressed in the movie. I don't want to say it because you all have to watch it. it. <laughs> you have to watch it tonight. Then forget it. Issue. Just was addressed in it like you know it being a commercialized but do you understand this was a life yeah this was someone i grew up with this was a right. cousin a brother and right. you're treating it like a hashtag like yeah you're not a, a, a individual and a person nice. you know twitter activism activism it's crazy it's crazy. Mm. really it's i mean it has power yeah because you can literally in a matter of moments have a force behind you for mm-hmm. something to get change done mm-hmm. but yeah. on the same token it's like Okay, and uh, on to the next thing. Right. Yay, we we were we're trending on Twitter, and then it's on to the next right, thing. So right, yeah, right. yeah. So can you speak on what's the purpose, or what do you think is the driving force behind the whole um, mass incarceration? Do you know where what it came about and how it came about? Are you aware? Yeah, of it? yeah. So um, the prison population was in the 1970s, 300,000. Yeah, it's 2.3 million. So um, it started with I think the Ronald Reagan administration, the war mm-hmm. on drugs. Yeah. Right, yes. you started seeing, and this is after um, you know our leaders got killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dr. King got mm-hmm. killed, Malcolm X got yeah. killed, and then you started seeing uh, this is a great book when work disappears. Mm-hmm. So if you want to understand life in urban communities, there are a couple different factors that created um, the the conditions. De- the deindustrialization of the cities. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, if you came from our parents, you could tell you they work in factories. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. in the factories, they they were it, it actually you could see America working. Yeah. Because you were next to Polish people and and Irish yeah. people and Jamaican people and Italian people and all these people worked together, mm-hmm. made a decent wage, yeah. went home, they had their communities. You had the black middle class at that mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. and then you saw started seeing the deindustrialization of the cities, and a lot of the job training programs, like you could be a plumber, you could be a carpenter. <laughs> Now you start seeing jobs disappear mm-hmm. and then you see drugs get introduced <coughs> to our communities. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we saw in the African-American community, um, the first law of human nature is self-preservation. Yeah. So you started seeing the, the rise of the drug dealer, then the idolization of the drug dealer. Yeah. And there was some redemption in that we saw black men who were successful entrepreneurs. Mm. <coughs> well, Just the wrong product. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> the hustle was amazing yeah, the hustle but the wrong product but with the drugs came the murder came mm-hmm. the violence and then you saw um there was i call it the politics of fear and anger mm-hmm. you had predominantly white male legislators yeah. who were saying these people and if you look america we have five percent of the world's population mm-hmm. but 25 percent of the world's prison population so <laughs> we whenever you have societies like ours where it's like the other people yeah. those people it makes it easy to do things like that so the right the 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 rise in the prison population is largely attributed to the war on drugs. Wow. And you started seeing uh, Rockefeller, uh, he was a, the governor of New York, the Rockefeller laws, they had these mandatory minimum sentences, which are really anti-mercy laws, yeah. wow. right? Yeah. Where we don't care who you are, where you're from, what happened, you had five ounces of crack, that's 15 years in prison, mm-hmm. right? And in this country, you could be in the same place, commit the same crime, and have two different outcomes. Oh, yeah. If yeah. I'm outside of Seton Hall University's campus, yeah. black male 19, I'm doing 15 years. If mm. I'm on Seton Hall's campus and my dad is a certain figure, I might go to rehab. And that's yeah. what we're, we saw um, 
hundreds of thousands of, of lives that were lost at that point. So that's where we are right now. Um, there was a bipartisan bill that was passed recently yeah. that actually uh, allows people who were sentenced before 2010 to revisit their sentences okay. if they were if they were. But we're seeing that, unfortunately. Uh, when they are released from prison, they're going to be monitored. Yeah. And yeah. now they have these ankle. And if you saw the 13th, mm -hmm. they have these monitored ankle monitors, these private prison companies. Yeah. They're going to get paid money yeah. and they're going to put these monitors on you. So we're seeing that you're being controlled in other ways. Yeah. So that's where that's where we are right now. And I, and I had, um, I know that New Jim Crow had explored how the similarities between um, slavery as well as those who became criminals, right, 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 whatever, right. from this uh, war on drugs, right, and it was with problems with employment, um, not being allowed to vote, you know, getting loans for school, government assistance, and housing, right. um, and all of these different effects that kind of keep you in this state of inferiority mm -hmm. and just whatever the case may be. Um, you you want to shine any other light on the new Jim Crow? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's so many, so many different approaches. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, yeah. Like, like you said, if you're driving through a certain city, yeah, it's almost like, why are you not on your plantation? Right. You know, why are you? Why are you? What are you doing in my town, boy? Mm. <laughs> you know. Listen, and, at this point, they might really come out and say that. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> and and I honestly don't believe that police. Um, all police wake up and say, you know, I want to kill a Negro yeah, yeah. today. But there is a culture that allows you to dispose of the bodies. And that's what I'm I'm loving the uproar. I'm yeah. loving the protest. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, because now it's like a documentation of your frustration. Mm -hmm. And now it forces us to deal with the issues that we haven't dealt with in a, a long, long, time. long, long, long while. Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, my fight right now is um, on the other side, mm -hmm. self-hatred. Yeah. Self-hatred. Yeah, yeah. So in November... I was uh, doing a late night grocery store run. And I believe that one of the ways to healing this and growing up in Newark, my parents, when there was so much violence. They was like, we got to get to the suburbs. My yeah. mom used to be sitting here. I hope mommy's not listening. <laughs> like people, somebody got shot right outside our house. Yeah. And my mom is calling the cops and the cops don't come for like two hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm like, eight or 12 or 13 mm -hmm. we're seeing stuff like this and my mom was like well man we have to move well man the kids are gonna die and my dad's not scared of the hood he's like yeah. they're oh. fine they're in their backyard you know they're not gonna do nothing to it they're gonna do nothing it's like the gang they you're not in that gang you know you you shut up you know that's my pops that's my pop you shut up so we moved to the we moved to Maplewood, uh -huh. you know what I'm saying? We moved to a nice area. We got yeah, nice neighbors there's issues. rabbits <laughs> we had possums in the hood <laughs> But when you do that, and this, there's a book called The Black Bourgeoisie yeah. by E. Franklin Frazier, you know, yeah. so we, we, we saw successful black people move to the suburban communities. Mm -hmm. That was the ideal. Yeah. That was the American yeah. dream. And in the, and in the process, you leave, unfortunately, poor black people and you create black or white cultures of poverty create certain elements. Right. So for me, moving back to the hood and I'm mm -hmm. living in, the, in Newark right now I'm in my hood. <laughs> Like I, I had a rhyme. I was in the hood with the fiends and crooks. I popped the trunk and started passing out books. I literally yeah. did that. And you change the culture when you yeah. do that. Yeah. When kids can see the doctor, kids see the the lawyer. Yeah. And it's hard to be what you haven't seen. So yeah, I think um, being being there is important. Um, so November, I went on a late night grocery store run, and somebody I was seventy percent sure somebody just got shot. Wow. I saw a guy in the middle of the street screaming. Mm -hmm. Two things: the the fact that he's screaming. Is a good thing, right? Because if he got hit in a vital area, yeah, yeah. Because 
the fact that I know that is mm -hmm. because you've seen people get stabbed yeah. and you've seen people at the park playing basketball get stabbed. Yeah. So that's trauma that I'm like, oh snap. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I was like 12, 13 seeing, seeing this and I never processed it. Yeah. <laughs> and you ain't telling your parents that. Right. At all. I'm not telling mommy what I just saw. Right. Um, cool. Where you at? I was playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and you tell your brother, like, yo, somebody just got stabbed. <laughs> you know, so, right. and second thing was, so I turn the corner and I see him screaming. And I'm like, I drive past, and I'm like, they might come back to finish the job. I turn, the, I turn my lights off. Cops come, yeah. so I leave and come back around, and he's blocking the drive, the the, the parking lot. Yeah. Cops say you can't stay, you can't park it. Um, it's a crime scene. They're looking for shell casings. So I park on the street. A cop comes down the, the one way, looks at me, and I'm like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks at me. It's a white cop too. Yeah. Actually, he was like, uh, did you see what happened? I was like. Nah, they said somebody got shot. And he was like, people shouldn't live like that. I was like, yeah, I feel you. Drives off. Yeah. Two cops come up the other way. They stop, look at me. And and I'm looking, and I'm on the phone with, you, with your brother, ironically, <laughs> at the time. Of course. And, and they look at me, and I hear Carl saying, Papa la veo. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Papa. <laughs> yeah, and we literally just watched a documentary called Crime and Punishment mm -hmm. about you know quota systems in New York. Yeah. So the cop looks at me. They get out the car, ask me for my ID, violate all my rights. Yeah. Strip search me. And here's me. At 19, I'd have been terrified. I'm like, yo, you ain't, you ain't doing nothing to me. Yo, get off me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but at 32, I'm like, here. here. Yeah. <laughs> cop got on the phone. I'd never seen cops move so fast mm -hmm. yeah. to come to converge on an area. And that's when I said, all right, this is a problem. Yeah. This is when the fact that I'm conditioned and I don't have any fear, yeah. I literally have to kind of dehumanize myself yeah. to be able to handle the fear. Wow. So my and, and my, my question now is, how do we stop this black kid from shooting this other black kid? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's my For me, that's my fight, yeah. healing the self-hatred in the community. Mm -hmm. And literally, I, you got to be willing to put your life on the line mm -hmm. to show people that you have value. Yeah. You know, so whether it's, you know, doing the literacy programs, yeah. whether it's speaking in the schools, whether it's investing, giving your time when you are showing these kids you have value. Uh, that's where you. That's how you can heal some of the self hatred that we yeah. see. And I think, and that's what I wanted to focus on. It's just to wrap us all up. Is just how do we heal as a people? Right. Um, because I, I know even with us, with with self hatred, and, and I was talking about this with my brother today, where um, I was talking with a friend, and he was saying, "Yeah, I just remember being on campus, and all of a sudden, all the black girls started cutting all their hair off." And he was like, <laughs> "I don't understand what happened. Like, what ignited?" Yeah. All of this uh, happening, and I was sitting in the car with my brother, and I may be wrong, I don't know for sure, right. um, but I, I think what started the catalyst was the movie by Chris Rock, Good Hair. Yeah, it was. And I yeah, think I it that. really started to make us as women, we started to like question, and yeah. the conversation started, and it was, and I think just even with this whole booming of... Mm of uh, black owned businesses that yeah. we're aware of right, now right, right, right. and it was like these products are now made for me yeah. um, I think that a lot of it started to happen where it was loving who I am and how mm -hmm. I'm created and then it, then it started to say okay how do we start to help our young girls love mm -hmm. who they are like I, me and Cheryl was just talking today I just bought a book ABC's for girls that look like me yeah. and it's it's like so a you heard of it? No. no oh it's my gosh it's incredible so it's like so it's like uh, A is for Ava DuVernay, and it it's it and it shows she was the first to sign like a hundred million in film, mm -hmm. and it goes through all the different um, uh, career paths and everything right, as right, well. The right. women that look like me, wow. um, so it was just a, a big part of it of learning our healing, 
um, just in moving in that direction because I'm very big about that. That was right. something I'm huge, even for working in the community because I say, wow, there's so much. Just like Cheryl said, I didn't learn. Right. I didn't know. Even with our Friday nights when we're talking um, with our teens, we're like, it's so much you guys need to learn and know mm-hmm. about this world out here. And I think that's where a lot of healing comes from. Absolutely. You know, so that's a huge thing. There's one I got I to gotta add. <laughs> White Jesus. Mm-hmm. In a lot of homes growing up, <laughs> we saw on the wall uh, a picture of the Last Supper, yeah. and we saw the image of our Savior as a white person. Yeah. So, what does that do to you from a self-esteem standpoint? Yeah. When the person who you know, oppressed me, oppressed me, is putting me up, me. and I think that was a, that absolutely was a strategic tool, uh, tool yeah. used absolutely. to get the people to be subservient. Yeah. And I think the church has a lot of healing to do, a and a lot of we have to figure out what our values are and figure out how we can move forward in healing uh, a community that's been affected by white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And each person has to come to terms with that. And it's not going to be an, e- an easy process. Mm-hmm. This is an everyday, because we've been conditioned right. over so time you, to believe. Yeah. There's a documentary really? called Dark Girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll see uh, you know, black men saying, I ain't going to be with no dark-skinned yeah, girl. Yeah. And you'll, you'll hear that. Yeah. Some people will come out their mouth and say stuff yeah. like that, yeah. not knowing, you know, mm-hmm. and not, it's no, no, no shame. Yeah. Um, it's just because we all could have been there, yeah. uh, but for the grace of God, we wouldn't have access to information. And there's still so much we don't know. It's still a lot. Still it's so much. Lot. I'm like, yo, I'm tripping. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that you know that you don't know, yeah. Like some people don't even know that they don't know that they don't know. Yeah. You know, we just. <laughs> That's true. I'm like, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm doing no dark skin girl. And it's like, okay, where did that come from? Yeah. So you know, taking the time to to undo that legacy with information and and, and challenge. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, any last statements from anyone you want to shoot out? Last statements. No, not for me. Um, I feel like I, I'm learning a lot. I, I, okay, listen. So I'm I. You gave a list of books. Yeah. You um, that if you can remember, I was gonna tell Mo to write them down so that I can oh. list them under um, all of the uh, social media. So okay. the list of books. Okay, sex with Um, the I'm list of books. The black bourgeoisie. Well, I ain't gonna no, remember no, right no. now. Post traumatic slave syndrome yeah. for the listeners. You gotta text it. You wanna text it? Yeah, I'm gonna so put it in Crow. Yeah. Bridge the gaps. Lessons on self awareness, yes. self development, self care. Yes. By Jonathan where, where, where can we get this? Yeah, uh, where can we get your it's book? It's on Amazon.com. Amazon. Okay. On in Barnes and Nobles. Uh, the, the website is thebridge330.com. You can actually start a book club. Okay. Uh, and there's an assessment. So thebridge330.com, mm-hmm. you can click on start a book club, put your email in, and they'll send you the uh, assessment, and you can start a book club with three, four, mm-hmm. seven people, and it'll be a way to have conversations, to be reflective Absolutely. from that place we can bring change. Okay, so awesome. our last, we got one minute. So close us out in prayer, John. Oh, man. Let's do this healing prayer Come now. On. Come on. This ain't just color thing. This is principalities and spirits as well. So Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this platform. Thank you for these two amazing hosts of the show who are amazing stewards of what you're doing, Lord. We pray that you allow these words to go out and pierce a heart, Lord, that may uh, change uh, the, the course of the entire church, Lord, uh, so that we can be a a great witness for Christ, Lord. We know that the enemy wants to derail us, Lord, but you want us to stand firm in your truth and to be a beacon of hope and light and love that the gospel may pierce hearts and that we may heal as a people with the complex issues we're facing. Uh, So you know all. Your ways are above our ways. Your thoughts above our thoughts. So we trust you ultimately. We are like little children in your hands, Lord. So uh, meet us where we are, but don't leave us where you find us. We thank you. We trust you. In Christ's name we pray. 
Amen. 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 All right, you guys. So we'll see you guys next week. As always, views from Janessa. Check us out on Saturdays on Radio Olivier at from 2 to 3 p.m. on okay. iTunes Podcast, on SoundCloud, okay. and as always on all social media views from Janessa. Peace out, guys.